to the street if my auntie and I can kiss my driving privileges goodbye. I'd appreciate it if you didn't imply that I clog. <laughs> what? Why isn't it working? Check the emergency brake. Oh, right. Good, that'll buy me some time. Whoa! I like this game. What's wrong with my magic? Nothing, I just don't like being alone. You can talk? It was on my sticker. Now shut up and drive, drive, drive. Shut up and drive, drive, drive. Ladies, gentlemen, Judge Samuels. Welcome to episode number 44 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is, of course, the show where each episode we venture back into the mid-1990s to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night Ball Fest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Aruju, and folks, we're going to kick it into high gear on this episode. We're, uh, we're really slamming on no brakes. We're going straight through. Uh, other car metaphors, I don't drive. Because on this episode of The Witch Trials, folks, we're talking about um, the automotive atrocity, in many ways, that is Season 2, Episode 20 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. Episode 20, yes. Of Sabrina's Teenage Witch, My Nightmare the Car. And, uh, of course, along on the ride with me, that's one, that's a car one. Uh, on this episode of The Witch Trials, that media maven and bus taker herself, Chris Adelouge is here. Chris, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. This episode is not one that we can connect to on a visceral level yeah, so much. we don't drive. We don't drive. We were never like... We're both from New York City, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the best town in the world, you know. Glamour town, as I call it. Um, so... We had the fortune and also misfortune of not needing to get a license, so we just didn't. Um, and that is a very New York City thing. Like some people do have their license, but like a lot of, especially people if you work or you live in Manhattan, you just never bothered. Um, so we don't really know what it's like to really want a car. I'm a big car fan. Like I, I, I'm interested in them. I love them. Uh, like old cars, designs. All yeah. great. I just don't really feel the need to own or drive one. Same. I've I, I had a permit. Uh, I've driven a car in the past. I was personally just always afraid of like hitting something or dying or killing someone. So I was always a very cautious. <laughs> you know all those all those fears. Pretty much. That's, um, prob- that's pretty much why I don't drive. And honestly, like in New York, will people be crazy? Mm. Um, they be that and also we live on a street that is a one-way street with cars parked on both sides of the street and it's incredibly narrow um no parking either so it's just not it's not a great thing it is not it is a bad thing some might say chris uh this episode of sabrina teenage witch season two episode 20 my nightmare of the car first aired on March 20th, 1998. Can you believe it? I can. We're so close to ending season two, finally. It's close to my birthday. It is. Uh, you'll never guess when the next episode of... Actually, no. <laughs> it would have been the day before my birthday. No. 
just Chris quiet giving away bank information here a day near your birthday actually there's a two week break between this one and the next one so uh, yeah. but for Chris's birthday March 20th 1998 as I said written by Peter Baldwin who's written a lot of Sabrina Teenage Witch episodes Chris as you know on the witch trials we always kick things off with you telling me in a set number of words how this episode uh I remembered this time went by the way fantastic first time let's see if you can let's see if you guess the number though no I'm not even gonna bother okay Eight words is what I'm looking for here, Chris. Eight words okay. to describe my nightmare, the car. I feel like you pick eight a lot. I probably do. Um, let's see. Eight words, Chris. Sabrina gets a magical car. Zelda gets audited. That is literally, yeah, that's all of it. Yep. That was actually the pitch for this episode. <laughs> I wish you'd have snuck a magical audited in there. I know I couldn't. I I was not using magical, yeah. and then when I had to add a word, magical car. Mm. And that is descriptive. Um, yes, absolutely correct, Chris. Uh, as I said, March twentieth, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, the number one song at this time in the good old U.S. of A. Chris, you would never guess this. Let's see, nineteen ninety-eight. You will never guess this. Um. My heart will go on. No. By this point, it had changed to na-na-na-na-na. Getting jiggy with it. Precisely. Um, the episode, uh, as, as we do now, we talk about A plot, B plot. Let's start with the A plot here. And the A plot really focuses around responsibility. And uh, this gets hammered home to Sabrina when she sees Zelda returning from her trip to Mount Everest, asking if she can borrow Zelda's sweater, only for her to say no, as she's not responsible. That's what Zelda says. Uh, She uh, also notes that Zelda is responsible with her climbing equipment. Uh, Zelda is soon proven to be not quite so responsible, as uh, Hilda asks where Salem is, and she reveals that she left him up on the mountain. Zelda? Zelda! Is that a Yeti? Later, at school, Sabrina and Val craft a plan to convince Mr. Kraft to give them the money. Money. To give them the money and time that they need to go to a journalism symposium in New York. But despite their best laid plans, which aren't laid all that well, he immediately shuts them down. She then tries another tactic. This being to convince Hilda how cute Mr. Kraft is in the hopes that she'll go out with him and then convince him to give them the money and time. Uh, this also gets shot down real, real fast. No, just the thought of his lips in the same building as mine makes my blood run cold. That's just what Bacall said about Bogey. Soon after that, however, Val comes to uh, Sabrina's back door and uh, she's got some great news. That's right, Chris, it's a sexual thing. Uh... <laughs> She, Sabrina then takes her upstairs and Val soon reveals that her grandma is selling her her old car, but unfortunately she can't afford it herself. Val then reveals her master plan, that being that her and Sabrina will go in on the car together and then they can both use it. And uh, this makes both of the teens ecstatic because they've never heard anything about sharing anything with anyone ever. Okay, suppose you and I pool our savings and buy it together. We'll share it. What a great idea. Do you know what this means? I mean, our lives are about to change in an utter and profound way. It'll be you, me, and the open road. 
free to go wherever the spirit moves us, except left, because that blinker's broken. They'll learn pretty soon, though. Uh, they then do a pretty good sales pitch to Hilda and Zelda, explaining their incredibly complicated scheduling system. And while they are confused, the aunties are also suitably impressed, and uh, they believe that they clearly have some responsibility, because look at all the charts they made. And on Saturdays, I get the car until 4, Val gets it until 6, and then we alternate every hour until midnight. I'm getting dizzy. But you two do seem on top of it. All we have to do is figure out leap year. It's a chart. Great. It's like six charts. But like Hilda Zelda, you know this bitch. Yes. She is not responsible. She fucks we'll, up everything. We'll get there. Um, we like, then cut... I, no, I call shenanigans on the aunties. <laughs> like... Again, we'll get there. Um... So they allow her to to sign up to this deal. Uh, we then get a montage of the t- of the teens uh, trading the keys to the car back and forth, complete with Sabrina receiving the keys from Val along with a bent license plate, and uh, Val giving Sabrina a bunch of the trash she left in the car. This eventually leads to an argument between the two, where uh, the aunties break it up. Although Hilda does note that she does think Sabrina would be the better grappler <laughs> of the two, uh, and. Zelda then tells Sabrina that she has to get her half of the car back from Val and that she may not have a car of her own. You may not have a car. Really? Not today, not ever. (laughs) Chris. You made it sound like it's possible that she might by saying may not. She said you may not have a car. Yes. Like, may I have a car? No, you may not. It wasn't. It wasn't like a theoretical question. You may not. You may. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. No, no. She was. She was adamant. No car for you. She was adamant yet polite. Yes, she was Adam Ant. Chris, the wonderful no. singer of Goody Two Shoes. Chris, uh, this first part here. Your point is well made, though. Uh, um, like you know this bitch. It's a shit plan, and it's a shit plan that everyone knows is a shit plan because every time anyone has ever suggested it. It's been shit. Like, people sharing anything, like a car or, like, even a condo or, you know, how, like, even if you go in on, like, an instant pot with your roommate, it's not going to go well. At some point, your roommate's going to be making goulash and you're going to need to make, like, a quick chicken and you're going to be fucked. Don't do it. Save your pennies and buy your own instant pot. I thought you were saying panties. I'm sorry. Save your panties. Don't sh- don't go in on a pair of panties with someone. No, imagine I wear the Monday. One leg you free. wear the Monday. And on Tuesday we wash them. Yeah, I hope so. Um I do love the the whole the whole Hilda climbing Everest thing. Just, Zelda. Zelda, excuse me, yeah. climbing Everest thing. Uh in part because we get a shot of like Salem on the mountaintop. But the only parts of him that are cold are his ears and his neck. Which makes yeah, exactly yes, no sh- no booties no, for Salem. Just a scarf and a hat. You I also know? love how it's like the like the shittiest scarf and hat. Like he just looks a random gray one that they like. Found he looks somewhere. like like a poor child in yes. the eighteen hundreds begging for coins. I feel like they might have used it in another skit where he was like with a Russian child. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not thinking of like I just have a vague memory. There, someone there, speaking like Russian. There's one where Sabrina. It's, maybe it's the one where uh the potato, yes, the baked potato. It is the that guy. One. It, they just took the guy's scarf and hat and Pretty put much. it on Salem. Um, also, I just like the idea of like someone actually like hiking Everest and getting to the summit. It's just like there's a black cat there for some reason. It's just chilling. <laughs> like oh god, 
What's it doing yeah, here? No. That would be and, weird. Like, I don't blame Zelda at all for being like, bitch, no. You ruin everything. That's true. And also, like, just... I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the word. The audacity mm. of Sabrina to be like, hey, can I borrow your brand new blue sweater? Yeah. Bitch, I just got it. Like, because I don't have a sister, I don't understand that, like, that relationship of mm-hmm. like oh let me use your clothes yeah. like right it's just weird to me and also like the way i am about my things like Awful. no you can't use it me and chris it's mine. me and chris tried to go in on a pair of uh, chanel Pumps. heels yes and it did not go well no not not only i'll hog them okay and not only because my shoe size is like six sizes bigger than chris Women go up when they women men's sizes are bigger, right? Yes. Yeah, well, so. so like it's a smaller number. So yeah. like a nine in men's is like a ten in women's. Right. I'm a, like a twelve, basically. So you're a third. So you're three sizes. Okay. Yeah. So we could we could probably go in on one. We'll go. We'll, we'll buy like elevens, just so like n- neither of us are happy. <laughs> We're just both uncomfortable. <laughs> That's right. Um, Zelda does also note that uh, she had fun on Everest. Responsible fun. Yeah, I love the way she says responsible fun responsible fun i like to think that responsible fun uh completes our trifecta of sabrina teenage witch related uh, sex books yeah with uh of course the wonderful mr crafts uh fun with discipline and salem's in your face fluffy look for uh the <laughs> cover of that book on where Instagram books are sold soon. that's right what, uh, that, uh, what a great gift that would be for someone you don't like very much uh <laughs> responsible fun yeah i there is a scene when um val and sabrina are talking about convincing mr craft and uh, harvey walks up mm-hmm. uh, harvey not not a big role in this episode but uh i think if you look at nate richard's hair it's clear that they have realized the error of their ways in like cutting it really short and they're trying to give him um the very 90s center part but his hair is still too short from cutting it. So it's just, it looks awful because it's like, it's a part. I think it looks okay. I think it just looks dry. I mean, like, it's not. I good. don't, I think it's more of an attempt at like something in the front where it's kind of just like, it's not like an attempt at a part. It's kind of just like, he's got this bit in the front mm-hmm. that is just like drapey. Like, you know, the, cute guy at school always had that like bit of hair in the front where it's like oh his hair is just falling in his eyes so they're trying to go for that but his hair just looks like crispy i it does look crispy and i know a thing or two about that um my hair is maybe they tried flat ironing it to like get it longer in the front were flat irons a big thing in the late 90s i feel like that was after it was after but it doesn't mean they didn't have them they were just worse <laughs> it was just two literal irons. Like they just they weren't they didn't have well unless you were like a professional. Right. Maybe they had thinner ones, but like For really you just had the big clunky ones. So like I can under I can imagine someone trying to flat iron the front of his hair mm-hmm. to get it longer in the front and it just being like that huge flat iron so they couldn't grip it well, so it kind of just like made it dry and set. Did you like the fact that despite getting in trouble for pimping out Hilda, Sabrina tries to pimp out Hilda again? She never learns anything. She doesn't. At least this time she is asking Hilda. As where 
last time she just like put a spell on her. That's true. That's gross. But still. Good like, for you, Sabrina. Uh, the last thing I noted here. And it's was, only for her own benefit. Of course. Like always. But to be fair, Hilda did note in a previous episode that like while she doesn't like Mr. Crab, she still goes out with him because like again, a lot of Friday nights to kill. Yeah. It's like take one Friday night and do me a favor, maybe. But still it's like I feel more vindicated in sounding like a bitch every time I'm just like, Well well, Sabrina's an awful person and only thinks about herself. Because like it's proven time and time again that she genuinely only oh, thinks yeah. about herself. Definitely. Um the other thing I had noted here, Chris, was No, you cannot borrow my sweater. That's right. She didn't try to borrow Hilda's sweater though, because uh this is my leading contender for back of the winning closet award hilda is wearing a very like berry red uh cardigan with like a weird purple collar not not like a fur collar just like a purple collar which stands out from the very reddish berry uh color but also like the pattern looks like a bunch of like a bouquet of roses like that is how i, I would describe that pattern it, pattern it might be like crushed velvet i don't it's know it's velvet is it her her cardigan itself is velvet. It just cause it's something about the way that velvet looks. Like it looks like roses. I think I can see that too. Maybe yeah. maybe it's uh maybe it's velvet with a print on it, maybe. but like the same color. Like I think part of the reason I don't like it is because I don't really like Hilda's hair in this like curly way. I, I'm a big fan of the Caroline Ray updo. The um chignon. Absolutely. That sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of any of Hilda's looks here. There is one other. Did she out- do a chignon? I can't remember. There's an outfit that stands out also during the uh, the montage where Nate Richard gives uh, Val and Sabrina a pair of fuzzy dice for their car. Yes. He is wearing a ridiculous outfit of like a lime green shirt and brown plaid pants. Like they clearly like dug deep into their outfit uh vault and just like broke that out from like early season one anyway let's move on here chris Later- it is not a chignon okay i know exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. but i i all i think of it is like the banana like mm-hmm. thing but i don't know what it's called Later, sabrina is upstairs bemoaning val's failings as the reasons that they lost the car that she lost the car uh complaining about all this to salem but he just wonders why she never bought a car of her own, noting that in the other realm, cars go for peanuts, as they became a lot less popular when witches figured out that whole flying thing. Over there, cars go for peanuts. Really? How come? Well, cars became more of a novelty item once witches realized they could fly. She then goes to an other realm car dealer and is somewhat shocked to see the return of Quizmaster, as I think a lot of people were probably shocked in 1998. Um, he tells her that if she can afford $5 down, she can drive home in a beautiful orangey MGB. A very, uh, <laughs> to be fair, I don't know how much money she, how much she's really getting for her dollars. Because like, MGs were never really known to be the best cars in the world. And um, it's a pretty old car. <laughs> but still, $5 is not too bad. They go for a uh, test drive, and when they return, he tries to give her a lecture about responsibility uh, and how it's needed to own a car, but his scummy boss just takes her money and sells her the car, uh, which is soon delivered to the Spellman house, being dropped literally 
in the middle of Sabrina's bedroom. I think that's the cutest little car. Dual exhaust, rag top, Connolly Hyde, which I think is a good thing. They even threw in free delivery. That can't be good for the transmission. The sound of the car crashing and the alarms going off startles the aunties, but Sabrina plays it off as her and Salem clogging before she zaps the car to the street. To her surprise, the car immediately zaps itself back before it speaks, revealing that it zapped itself back inside because it's cold outside. And I said that with more, like, conviction in my voice than the voice actor who we'll talk about ever did in this entire episode. What's wrong with my magic? Nothing. I just don't like being alone. You can talk? It was on my sticker. Sabrina eventually talks the car into the garage, uh, making it comfortable by putting a blanket over its hood as the car complains about potentially catching pneumonia. Just then, Val walks in to the garage, apologizing for the fight they had and wanting to make up. They do, before uh, she compliments Sabrina's new car, asking to borrow it. Those files aren't going to carry themselves in here. <laughs> Let me hear Jerry Springer's thought for the day, and I'll meet you in the garage. Uh, sure you can borrow it, you know? In fact, why don't you keep it at your place? That way you can park it somewhere warm and it will never be lonely. Lonely? It's British engineering. Very delicate. <laughs> Later on, um, Sabrina is actually like complimenting her plan to herself, like going, well, I think this plan's going to go very well, keeping the car at Val's. Um, but she then immediately, well, before she gets a call from Val, the car appears again in Sabrina's bedroom, complaining about Val's driving and awful singing skills. And I think Val could probably be quite the good singer. Not, not good at playing guitar, as we've previously learned, though. Val does call her, telling her that the car is missing, but Sabrina just tells her that she has no reason to worry. She went to Val's house to pick up the car, uh, which comforts Val before she immediately calls back, wondering why the hell she took the car and didn't say anything. And uh, apparently Sabrina gives her no answer on that given night. Hello? Sabrina, I just looked outside and I can't find your car. I think somebody stole it. Oh, no, 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 I've got it. The car's here with me. Oh, well, good night. See you tomorrow. Hey, I heard a good story. (laughs) Hello? Why'd you take the car? (laughs) So, the main crux of this episode, uh, my nightmare of the car, is that Sabrina buys a talking car. Uh, Obviously, this is modeled off of My Mother the Car, the show from, I believe, the 50s, where someone's mom gets, like, like the mother of a family oh dies and she gets re uh what's the no. word what's the word chris incarnated reincarnated as the family car uh this is a show that ran for i mean i'm not actually let me look this up my mother the car how many seasons do you think the show ran for chris two uh ooh. Only one season? Damn it. 30 episodes. Shit. Which, to be fair, though, in like... This is actually that's the 60s. True. You in tricked the 60s, me. that's like half a year. You tricked me. That's right. You'll be painting my fence because I'm Huck Finn and you're the other one. No. Anyway, I know books. Um, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. I'm Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer is the one who convinces the other kids to paint the thing. Anyway, talking cars. <laughs> Wishbone, tell us which one was. 
It's The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, written in 1876 by the American author Mark Twain. It's the story of a boy who doesn't have to go very far to dig up adventure. My point here is this talking car idea is a good one. Like, if you're going to do, like, if you're coming up with an idea for a Sabrina Teenage Witch episode about a car, a magical talking car is a fun one. It's not used to any real meaningful extent in this episode. Like, none of the mortals ever hear the car talk. Um, the car doesn't really seem like it has much to say. I mean, like, the only real effect that it has on a mortal would be later on. Yeah. Like, because it is, it's also, like, in control of itself more than just being, like, yeah. able to speak. And it it's not like the bumper moves when he talks. That's true. Like, they it's just a like, mouth. They just give us a shot of the license plate. Yeah. Um... And also, the voice actor they picked, who's a legendary comedian, Buddy Hackett, um, is a very funny man, but by this point, clearly, he had no interest in voicing a talking car. He was actually in one of the Herbie movies, but he brings so little emphasis and so little energy to this performance that is supposed to be somewhat of like an older sounding voice because it's an old car, but like there's just like no excitement in his voice at all or feeling. It's really kind of sad, because he was a fu- very funny guy. I could catch pneumonia out here. You could, if you had blood and organs. Sabrina? Oh, no, keep it down, okay? <sighs> yeah, 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 you sound like my first wife. Chris, what did you think I about mean, the I mean, they gave him car? so much to work with. <laughs> that, is, that is the other problem with it, is they put in this talking car, but they really have very little reason to have this talking car in there. Like... If it was just, like, a car with a mind of its own or whatever that didn't talk, like, talking doesn't benefit this car much at all. I think it builds a character. So the car is kind of like, you were to think of it as a person. It's a whiny dude who doesn't like to be alone. Yes. He's Um, an old Jewish comedian. Like, in knowing that, why Sabrina... First of all, it's an awful idea when you know it's a magical car. To lend it to yes. Valerie. She does do it to get the car out of the place. I but. get it. But, you know, like, go for a fucking drive and don't be at home. Mm-hmm. Like, go just drive to the mall. Hang out at the mall. Hang out in your car at the mall so your car doesn't freak out. But, like, you know that that's a really bad idea. And also, you know that the car has a tendency when you park it on the fucking street yeah. to go into your room. So why would it be okay at Valerie's? In some ways, keeping it in your bedroom is probably the best idea. That's true. Yeah. Like, re- apparently very rarely do the aunties ever go into that room. Like, So, like... I mean, it, sure, it's kind of a pain to get around in the mornings. Or, you know, like, if she were a witch or something, mm, hard, she could have tried imagine. to come up with some kind of concealment spell. A teenager who's a witch? Come really? On. You know... What is this, Netflix in 2018? Come on, Chris. She, like, never uses her magic. Let's be no, honest. Not to any benefit of herself. But the only time she does is when she's, like, evil Serena. No, hold on. Which I think She only us- uses her magic to benefit herself. She never uses it successfully. She doesn't use it to benefit herself. She does. Rationally. She only uses it to her own benefit. Like, she only does things for her own gain. Yes, but... If that was true, 
But she doesn't end up gaining anything because she always fucks it up. Yes. But she's not doing it now because, like, there's a million different ways to bend it. Like, you can just zap in a different garage somewhere else and just let it live there. Yeah. Or... A heated garage. It's as simple as go for a fucking drive. That's true. But but to to be fair, to you and me, uh, driving a car is magic because we don't... We can't do it. Um... (laughs) Yeah, like this whole car thing is so dumb. Also, it's kind of a dick move on the aunties that like, you know, you could have bought her her own car for like $5 at any point. She, for, well, first of all, no. No, you're wrong. Why? Here's why. It's a magical car. Sabrina can't handle anything magical. But I don't think that it's just, I, I don't think that every car sold in the other realm is a magical car. I think. I think, I think they Quizmaster all are. Sold her this one specifically to teach her a lesson. No, I think they all are. Because at one point he says that a, a Chrysler is teaching him Spanish. Yeah, so are that you, means they all talk. There's a magic. Like, well, that's true, but they all talk. But that had to be produced. So what? So, but another question I had: What happened here? How is what? What like? How is I don't the, know. How is the soul? Because like, the car can talk yeah, so clearly and it was married so like at one point it was clearly a human being cars can get married to each other apparently or and then maybe there was a car wreck and his wife died oh, that'd be so sad. i know but th- these are the realities my, my point here is is it a thing like salem where someone gets punished and gets turned into a car that's a good question but also somehow still allowed to have powers like true it doesn't. This makes no. The more, if you go, I if think you, it's. If you unravel I think this for ten more, seconds, it makes no sense. I think it's more like the other realm couches. But, the the couches that came from the other realm all right, talk. Right, and I believe according to the aunties, and they act and, like they're people. According to the aunties in that episode, they weren't people who got turned into furniture. It's just furniture that talks. Exactly, and I'm pretty sure that's this. That's like that was my whole feeling about like what these cars are. I don't think it's. So it's just car people. Yeah. Isn't it really fucked up to sell them? It's like the movie Cars. Sure. But isn't it fucked up to sell them? It's slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean. That's even worse. Oh my God. Quizmaster. What have you done? If you think about it, it's really car, like cars all have a personality of their own. These just have the ability to speak their personality. Right. Also. The one other thing that annoyed me about this whole, well, specifically about casting Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett, as a comedian, was that classic, like, here's a story, here's a thing, you know, know, there's a guy doing this, and then this guy comes in and does this, like, that kind of comedy. And he doesn't do one joke this whole episode. At one point, he goes, hey, that reminds me of a funny story. And then Sabrina just cuts him off, and is like, what, like, why did you cast this guy? You could have gotten, like, any old man. It's just for his voice. You want an old Jewish voice? It's a voice that they would associate with a whiny mm. car, old car, that doesn't want to be left alone. Yeah. So I think it was just to fit the role. Very true. Um, I would have loved to see Val driving this car. <laughs> yeah. And her trying to understand why it keeps making old Jewish comedian jokes. Are you ready for the next part of this, Chris? But I strongly disagree with you what? about the aunts 
that the Theons should have bought Sabrina a car. I mean, eventually, they first do. of all, she's not. She's also not responsible. Well, see, at here's all. the thing. Here's the thing. I was working under the the idea that not all cars in the other realm are talking cars. Even no, but even if they're not talking cars, yeah. But even if she's not responsible, as long as she doesn't kill herself, like she you would can buy car after car after car, and it's fine. She, but that's the whole thing. Also, if, the, the, the aunties, aunties want to teach her responsibility. Yes, the the aunties want her not to be such a jackass, and so by giving her a car, you're enabling it. Sure. So why would they give her a car? That's fair. The next day, it's the only cool. thing that keeps her humble is riding the fucking bus. Mm, she's not humble. <laughs> exactly. She's not humble. So, the next day at school, Chris, Serena explains why she took the car from Val's house, and uh, Serena also tells Val that she left the car at home. But when Harvey walks in and asks whose car the MGB is, Serena says that apparently she didn't leave it at home. She brought it to school and just plum forgot. Your aunt had an allergic reaction to frozen yogurt, so you came over to my house in a cab and took the car. In a manner of speaking? Did you drive it to school today? No, I left it at home. Hey, did you guys see the cool orange MGB parked in front of the school? Oh, I did drive it. That's fine. But I have the keys. I hotwired it. Can I have the keys back? How can you be friends with this girl? Like, I feel like I would not trust her one bit. The amazing thing is that they all always believe her terrible lies. You literally just two seconds ago said no. So like... And then she's just like, oh, I guess I forgot. All right. Are you blacking out? Because you seem worse than Mr. Kraft. Which apparently. is kind of funny because if you think about it, like we see Val as the flaky friend, yes. but Val probably thinks that Sabrina is the flaky friend. Sabrina is the flaky friend. Like Val... I, I If I had to have one of these two girls as my friend and trust them to be my friend and like... Like have them be someone I can trust in my life. Val's a much better prospect for that. Yeah, but Val also is an idiot. Yes, but like, like let me give the key she of is someone an, else's car. She is an idiot who seemingly will value your friendship more than your friendship with Sabrina. Like, if you have a friendship with Sabrina, Sabrina doesn't seem to value it a whole no, lot. No, yeah, Sabrina is self-serving. Val, in part, because she's so um, uh, what's the word? Unsure, Doofy. insecure. Insecure. Yeah. She's too insecure to leave you, yeah, so... That's right. She's too insecure to do something you won't like as your friend. Right. She tries harder. Anyway, um, Sabrina says, oh, gosh darn, I guess my car's here. Uh, and actually does loan it to Val a second time uh, during lunch. But when she, when she and Harvey wait to meet Val after school to get the car back, Val reveals that she did something Sabrina's just going to love. Uh, she lent the car to Mr. Kraft because apparently he's got a hot date and uh, apparently kids at the school keep draining his brake fluid. Was that it? I believe it was brake fluid. Yeah, it is unbelievable. I mean, you'd think they'd tire of it after maybe six or seven times, but no. The seniors still seem to find removing my brake fluid very amusing. Which is super fucking dangerous. Which is literally attempted murder. And they keep doing it. Um, but in exchange for loaning the car to Mr. Kraft, they got money for bus fare and time off to go to the journalism symposium they were trying to convince him to let them go to. In uh, New York. In big, what I call it? Tinseltown? No, what I call it? Glamour Town. Glamour Town. That's what I call uh, it all the time. The thing 
that uh, that stood out to me is like, oh my god, I really want to go to this like journalism symposium in New York. Is the most like teen TV show thing I've ever fucking seen. That like, who says that um, in real life? But I swear to God, like every teen movie, like every. Uh, Mary Kate and Ashley movie was oh we're going to this cool thing in New York and then probably New York Minute yeah yeah uh, the one with um is that Efron in that one of the one of like the teen heartthrob oh, guys is what in it band where they sh- this uh, New York Minute I, I'm pretty sure one of them wanted to go see it was like Simple Plan or some some band I can't <laughs> even remember it they it was made like an the awful Simple Plan mistake. concert New York Minute oh, starred. See. Oh, Jared Padawecki is in it. That's right. Oh. He's already very tall. He, he is a very tall man, and they were very short. Warner Brothers Pictures presents Twins. Hi! We haven't spent the day together in years. Mary Kate Olsen, Ashley Olsen, Eugene Levy. Whoa! Woo! Going down! Out of it. New York Minute. Bad girl, bad girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when I come for you? Anyway, so they, they got permission to go to the, the Mary Kate and Ashley thing. And uh, Sabrina's Im- immediately terrified because she knows that her car is an old Jewish comedian who can't resist making mischief. Um, but she then arrives home and and get some more bad news from Zelda. Mr. Kraft is at the drive-in with your Aunt Hilda. What? Isn't that nice? I'm stunned. With happiness. Hilda knew how much you wanted to go to that journalism symposium, so she thought she put in a good word for you. That was so sweet. I should thank her. In fact, I should thank her right now. So, uh, Sabrina's real fucked here. We then see her, uh, or we see Mr. Kraft and Hilda at a drive-in watching a Joe Don Baker retrospective. I don't know who that is. I didn't even Google it because this episode is not great and I'm not going to put that much uh, research time into this, but let's just assume a boring person. I was right and it's simple plan. And I'm very, very proud of myself. Well, you're the one. You remembered that Mary-Kate and Ashley movie real well. I don't know why. Don't know why, but... Also, I thought it was weird that Mr. Kraft was getting awful handsy in the... the joe don baker retrospective at the drive-in but that's just me uh respect her boundaries mr craft gross freak sabrina then crawls up uh to the uh old jewish car and asks for it to uh, she starts to apologize about mistreating the car but the car starts complaining about being mistreated uh she then asks it to just behave and be quiet as the vice principal of her school and her aunt are in him right now, but he's too distraught by all her mistreatment and says that he needs some time to think. So he just drives away and takes Willard and Hilda on quite the wild ride through the beautiful streets of downtown Westbridge. When Sabrina arrives back home, she prays that the car isn't in her bedroom and those prayers are answered if only for a few seconds, as Willard and Hilda and the car soon appear with a furious Hilda giving a few choice words to Sabrina. She calls her a real fucking idiot. No, she doesn't. 
I laughed. I cried. You're in big trouble. <laughs> the aunties and Sabrina then quickly get rid of Mr. Kraft, uh, dispatching him without even the use of a magical potion, just basically like propping the pass out Mr. Kraft up against the door and then just having Hilda go, oh, had a great time. Bye. <laughs> Willard, you are so witty. Thanks again for a lovely evening. Good night. I would... I have got to start videotaping my dates. Sabrina then goes to take the car back to Quizmaster. Um, He reveals that he sold her that car specifically to teach her about responsibility just as they're about to head to Guido, however, another offensive uh, thing, uh, to roll back the odometer. Which, again, if that was a living thing, pretty weird to do. She's reborn. <laughs> I'm young again. He's erasing his mind. Sure. Which is not fucked up. Um, if they do it in Men in Black. I was going to say, it really makes you think about the the moral ambiguity of Men in Black. Um, so they're about to go to Guido, but uh, the car, who never gets a name, oddly. I'm going to call him Kari. Carrie. Carrie. Carrie the car. Uh Wait. Asks for Gary. a moment. Gary, you know what? Gary the, seems more accurate. The car asks for a moment with Sabrina, gives Sabrina a card, and the card basically just says, treat me better, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, he's the best. <laughs> I love it. And uh, then... Sab- he's, he's a savage little bitch. <laughs> he, he, look, he's old. He's, he's lived he, all the life he's going to live, and he's got no time for anybody. What is a friend? Aw. If you read the inside, you'll see that a friend is someone... Who changes someone's oil once in a while. I'll miss you too. Uh, Sabrina then says that she'll miss him too. And uh, when we next see Sabrina, her and Val are walking through the halls of Westbridge with their fancy new running shoes. As white as white can be, those shoes. Um, They talk about how running shoes are way better than a car. And uh, when they spot Mr. Kraft, Val takes off, but Mr. Kraft accosts Sabrina to not only complain about the weirdness on his date, but also to tell her that he's noticed a bunch of weird stuff going on whenever she's around and that he's got a folder on her. Uh, She then just blames all the weirdness on his failing mental faculties and then does a great job of convincing him that he is having some memory loss. I went to the movies with your aunt. The next thing I know, I'm alone on your front porch. Explain that. Oh, well, you know what they say about men your age and memory lapses. Okay, if you say so, I'll check into the chess club. (laughs) Gotta go. Apparently he thinks he needs more potassium. As the episode wraps up... Everyone does. But don't get it all from bananas. Too much sugar. Bananas don't actually give you enough. And also too much sugar. Spinach is better. And almonds. That's right. Thank you. Heard it here first. This is Chris's keto minute. <laughs> Thankfully, we wrap that up. That was like up. 20 seconds. I think we, we wrap that up 45 seconds quickly. <laughs> Quicker. Um, as the episode wraps up, uh, Sabrina's getting her punishment, that being rearranging uh, or reorganizing the Spellman's filing cabinet from the inside as Hilda tells her to not just stand around at the watering watering cooler yeah. <laughs> or the water cooler uh, and make chit-chat. Well, that'll all make more sense in a minute or two, but uh, that's where the episode and this plot really wraps up. Chris Willard says uh, that after, basically after he's reawakened at the door and told to get the fuck out, um, 
Willard comments that he has to start videotaping his dates. Yeah. Um, that's concerning. These are clearly instructions he got from his own book, Fun with Discipline. That was the joke I had written, and I think it went pretty well. Sounds more like something from Zelda's book, Responsible Fun. That's true. It is responsible to have a, have a video proof. Yeah. Sabrina says also that uh, running shoes are way better than a car. In no way is that true. Okay? You would, you already had running shoes, Sabrina, and you wanted a car, and you were right. Okay? You're trying to get someplace. You can have all the running shoes you want. You can have two pairs on at the same time. It's not gonna make it get. It's not gonna make getting there any easier. You need a car, okay? Uber isn't a service where you rent running shoes for a reason. There are services where you rent running shoes. Yeah, are they as popular as Uber, Chris? No. Uber. No, I'm not putting in that stupid <laughs> joke from Gilmore Girls a year in the life. I think I put it in once for something. I think it was a challenge of the Quizmaster. Go find that one. Ugh, that stupid Kirk joke. Anyway, the last the last note I had here for this plot, at least, was at the end of the episode, Quizmaster tells us that he sold Sabrina this kosher talking car intentionally to teach her about responsibility. Why is he so concerned about teaching her about responsibility? He because he, her ants are stupid. No, but like the ants are actually trying to like talk to her about responsibility this whole episode. Yeah, for him to like. No, but it's kind of his job to teach her lessons, though. He's hardly ever around. Also, she's kind of a bitch because, uh, did you notice that he was talking about how, like, being a quiz master is kind of his calling, but mm-hmm. like, he doesn't yes. pay his rent? And doing. she like made fun of him, and she was just like, "Yeah, you're poor because of your suits." <laughs> it's just like this man spends all his time trying to help you. Get your fucking license, and what do you do? She gave him Shit valuable him. spending advice. Buy less garish plaid suits. Oh, because he has an aunt whose sweaters he can go borrow and ruin. Uncle. Mm. He's an uncle who's hideous plaid suits. Honestly, I thought the problem with the Quizmaster's outfits this episode is that they're really more like costuming than just like a bad outfit choice. Yeah. Uh, they're just big, like colorful plaid suits. One's yellow and black and one is like blue and black. Which all the cars were so like garish that you don't really yeah They're, and also they were all like nineteen seventy eight something yeah so it kind of fits in with the vibe yeah also also they're definitely going for that like kind of like huckster uh, automobile salesman yeah. thing so yeah I didn't hate it quiz mastering may be my life's work but it doesn't exactly pay the rent not with the money you spend on clothes uh, what was what was it the Guido said. Oh, uh, the salesman Guido. Said, Guido isn't the Guido. salesman. He's somebody I else. Thought he was. He's the the guy, the owner guy. No, I think Guido's a mechanic. Really? Yes. Uh, some oh. some other mechanic. He says that, that makes sense because you didn't that. introduce him, so yeah. it makes more sense for the exactly. guy. Just because, like, turning back the odometer is something that like creepy salesmen do. Yes, but not they have mechanics do it. They don't just like. Because mm. the thing you're referencing was, I believe, he said. Nothing makes driving more fun than the car. Yeah, which is, is that should be the title of the episode. It's a bit wordy, but uh, but it, but it's accurate. It is accurate, if nothing else. Do you have any uh, final points on this a plot, Chris? I hate Sabrina. But you know what? <laughs> I, I I've gotten I've gotten that feeling once or twice from you. Um, which guys, if you knew how much I loved Sabrina, I feel like you've just like ruined my childhood by making me rewatch and analyze 
this series. Um, rewatch, review, and reminisce. Do you not listen to the intros, Chris? And t- tune that out. Yeah, to be fair, um, half the time I don't. Even. Yeah, I. It was kind of a mess. It was also like. As in, we'll talk about this more. It was just boring. We'll like, about, luckily, it's oh, a talking car, yeah. but it's boring. Yep. Like, you don't you. I get it. You don't really have the sets for it, but you really underused him mm-hmm. because there's nothing of him really driving. Have the car appear in school. Have like do something fun or like when he when he showed up outside yeah. of school. Show she, us. Yeah. Like, yeah. how hard is that? Not hard. Have you have you have this giant cafeteria set? Have the car just appear there and have her have to make some explanation to Mister Kraft? Like, I think it they went the easy route, and it shows mm-hmm. when you half-ass your work. They thought that the idea of having a talking car was like idea enough, and right. it's not. No, not if you have no plot. Luckily, the B plot is real, real chunky and and you get a lot of gravitas. Oh, it is it is a robust mm. pasta sauce of a plot. It is robusto indeed. It's it's like al dente, Mama Celeste. <laughs> the B plot we're referencing here involves Hilda and Zelda getting an audit. Yes, that's actually what it is. A it's, magical audit. That's right, literally a magical audit. It starts when Hilda gets a letter through the toaster informing her that her and Zelda are being audited, and Zelda explains to Sabrina that witches are only allotted a certain amount of magic in the mortal realm, so auditors check in on them every once in a while. Uh, they then summon. Because you know of all those witches with lava fetishes. It's so weird because, like this, <laughs> d- yes, Pompeii. it's true. Yes, Hilda does give us a bit of a history lesson. See, in the mortal realm, witches are allotted a specific amount of magic. They were pretty lenient until the Pompeii incident. Some witch with a lava fetish really messed up. He just really wanted it to blow. Yeah, very good, Chris. It's co- it's, I, 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 I see your cum joke. Mm. Um, it's, it's not fun when you point it out. Oh, sorry. What are you referencing? Sounds dirty, but I don't, I don't know. know why. Noses. Oh. That's way worse than cum. Scandalous. Um... Anyway, they then summon their accountant, uh, who here's here's a fun thing, folks. The accountant, it's 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 a it's a filing cabinet, and then they open a drawer, and out he comes out of the drawer. But he's just like always sticking his head out of the drawer. Isn't that fun? It's not. Marty, Zelda, Hilda, what's up? It really bothers me that I don't find this weird. Are we interrupting anything? No, just celebrating our receptionist's birthday. Would you like some cake? Do you think that guy literally had to hang out in the bottom of a cabinet? Literally always pop out. This is, like I have this note. Like sometimes the practical effects on Sabrina's age, which are really impressive. This isn't impressive at all because like even a five year old knows it's like you just took the back off of it and he's just reaching his head through. It's not wow. hard. Like, Here I was, like, wow, that guy was probably crushed in the bottom. No. Like, <laughs> like sorry, sorry to magician's uh, secrets revealed you here, but you ruined it. they just took the I'm back sorry. off and like probably took out the bottom drawers. And My just, life like, will never be the same, though. Reach through, and he does. Because Sabrina has to do it later on. You ruined it. Anyway, they tell him that they're being audited. He loves it because he loves paperwork and whatever. Also, he's birthday cake. There's an office party, so there's a whole office in that drawer. That's fun, I guess. Um, and then he offers him cake. Hilda just takes like one little like finger lick. Weird. Like, why would you 
That's gross, yeah, Hilda. This. Like, this now. It's almost as gross as your outfit. Burn. You either take the piece of cake or you don't touch it with your grubby finger. That's right. Big piece of cake, too. Like a good good wedge. Um. Anyway, he gives them 90, their... That's 90s cake. Absolutely. Before we before we learned about how bad sugar was. <laughs> um. He gives them their previous year filings and then goes back to get someone from uh, dancing on the copy machine. Marge, stop twirling your blouse around and get off the copy machine. <laughs> the next time we see this plot happening, uh, the auditor arrives and um, thanks the aunts for being so generous because she just doesn't understand it. But sometimes people don't tend to like to be audited. Her blazer be banging. It's a pretty good Her outfit. Her outfit is like... One of the best. Chef's kiss. Top outfit of this episode. Front of the linen closet. True. This is true. Um, they then go to uh, retrieve Marty from the drawer, but oh my god, there is no Marty. There's just a note that says that um, while he's sorry, he's running away with all their magical savings. Magical savings being a thing that you would ever have or need. Dear Zelda and Hilda, don't take this the wrong way, but I've run off with all your magic savings. Oh no! <laughs> Someday you'll forgive me. Until then, could you water my plants? Marty. How does that work? I don't, you know what? I don't know, but I also don't want to think about it because it's a stupid B-plot to a stupid episode. Honestly, it's just like, you guys... Is it like Gringotts? You guys put like, so little effort into this. You were just like, all right, we're going to do a magical audit, so there has to be some sort of did savings. Did he steal their galleons? Like, is it like a Gringotts? Like... Gring, Gringotts. Even the whole idea that um, magic... You're only allowed a certain amount of magic in the other in the mortal realm, like, and like, but Sabrina never knew this. Like, shouldn't you have told her when she started having magic? Yeah, like, because you know she can get into tax trouble. Apparently, I guess because they have like maybe because she's a minor. They're well off. <laughs> yes, it's like not a concern magically. They've got a lot of magical savings. I mean, they've been around forever, so maybe they just have like the magical one percent. Maybe that's right. Bernie Sanders warned us. The reason that people do not perceive that we are living in the wealthiest country in the history of the world is that almost all of the magic and much of the income is going to the top 1%. Um, this is a bad plot, but... So yes, they're in trouble because... Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This is the meatiest sauce I've ever <laughs> encountered. I'm glad to hear it. Uh... They're in trouble because Marty ran away with their savings, yeah. and now they're being audited. Uh, a bit of good luck for one of them, however, because while Zelda did take the effort to save up all of the uh, their tax records, she did this in part, she tells us, because uh, everything's in her name because she's the responsible one. When Responsible Hilda- fun. That's right. Responsible. That's her nickname. <laughs> um, when Hilda gets a second uh, notice from the auditor... She discovers that only one of them is being audited, and it's good old Zelda because everything's in her name, even their magic, apparently. Oh, what a relief. They're canceling the audit? No, it says they're only going to audit you. Why would that be? Because everything's in your name. (laughs) Good luck, sis. Looks like there's nothing but free time for me. (laughs) Makes no sense. They're not a married couple. They're not. That is weird. Right? Yeah. Um... The auditor is then seen again a little bit later on, uh, putting the old pinch on Zelda, telling her that until she um, 
produces her magical uh, documents or records. Books. Magical account. Uh, She can have no magic cauldron or uh, magic of any kind, especially... Laptop. No laptop for her, and she puts a big boot on it. And I really like the look of the boot. Isn't it? Isn't it great? Like, just the way it, like, comes down... Like like a stand mixer or something. You locked. I loved it. Like I don't know why, but like a prop like that, like and I already love the laptop. Like a prop on top of a great prop is oh, could say it again. Chef's kiss. You didn't say it. Chef's. I didn't know what you wanted say, me to say. Say, say your say classic it again. catchphrase, Chris. Robusto. That's right. It is so robusto. <laughs> she does give her one way to live her life through magic, and that is, of course, uh, a top hat and a, a magical uh, little wand. Um, she makes some beautiful flowers appear, and Salem gives her quite the compliment about the hat. Well, don't you look stupid. This whole um, magical tax audit storyline is mm-hmm. pretty much wrapped up when the aunties enter the kitchen, and there's Marty in his filing cabinet saying that he feels bad for having done what he did to them as bitch. they gave him employment and a drawer over his head or whatever the fucking line is. Um, he asks how he can make it up to them. They ask for their fucking savings back. Uh, he says that he can't do that because of a casino debt he has, but he eventually relents, but does ask if they know a place that he can hide out. They say what they do before they zap him to outer space. Hilda! Hilda! Anybody? Is that a Yeti? Apparently, he isn't human because he doesn't immediately suffocate and die. He's a witch. Yeah, but they're human. That must fucking suck. If you think about it, like, you're a witch, but you're stuck at, like, a menial job, like, being a witch accountant. I mean, I guess it's just like anything else, like, if you were a regular accountant. Now you know why. (laughs) They're also in menial jobs. That seems very shady. I don't mean it like that. I have friends who are accountants. It's a great job. What I meant was, like, he lives in a cabinet. He does. Maybe not a nice one, just like an ugly gray one. And, like, bitch, do you have no magical savings? That's right. I guess it's rough in the <laughs> other realm. Oh, it's a tough place, Chris. Like, could be living like a king in the in the mortal realm. Honestly, why more people don't live in the mortal realm, I'll never understand. Even if you only have, have a certain amount of magic. mortals. Yeah, but fuck. Just buy, well, just... some people are prejudiced. That's true. As we learned time and time and time again on yeah. Sweden's Teenage Witch. Um, yeah, so they zap him into outer space, and that's basically how Marty is wrapped up. And I assume he just dies in the cold vacuum of space. I assume he goes back into the cabinet and is fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, or he, seriously. He, um, so as far as this whole Marty storyline, Chris, anything which you noted here? Anything you liked or disliked? I think it's an interesting concept, the whole idea of um, magical savings, but I feel like they don't explain anything to do with it at all. I don't don't even think if you really- It's never touched on again. I don't even think if you really map it out. I I think there is one point where they have to, the aunties, I think it's the pirate episode, where they have to send their magic in for like some sort of review or something. So like, and they like literally like pour it out of their fingers. Yeah. So it's like, but then it's like, how? Where do you keep your magical savings? You keep it in your finger because then, how did he get it? It's so dumb. It doesn't. Where did you put your finger? It's clearly not something that they put more than five minutes. You missed my thought into, huh? 
How did he get your finger? No, I was like, where did you put your finger oh. that he got your magic? Up the butt. Sorry, did I give away another one of your great jokes? <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I'm spinning gold over here, Sorry. and you're just like. Sorry, you're spinning what what uh, was on Hilda and Zelda's finger when they gave it to Marty. Shit. That was me doing the finger off the butt, and I uh, gave her a sound effect. This is all going to be cut. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Everyone, I think Al is uh, a little bitch, and <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> Nine out of ten doctors will tell you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Diagnosed you with robusto little bitchness. Robusto. I feel like we didn't even try to make more. I like I had a note in my head where I was like, I should try and make car puns, and then it like completely forgot. I, I, said, didn't even I try. said full gear. I know, and... but I was like, after this, we should like intersperse car puns. This in is my not head, a good episode of Serena's Teenage Witch, Chris. It's not a good episode. Yeah. The one note I did have about this whole Marty storyline is. Uh, it reminded me an awful lot of that time when we were younger, uh, when we were kids, and uh, Tony the uh, Tony oh. the um, travel agent travel agent stole our family's money yeah. and didn't buy our tickets and yep. like left us in the lurch a couple yep. of weeks before we were supposed to go visit our family in Portugal. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, Tony, you a little bitch. Fuck you, a little robusto bitch. Because. Uh, yeah, we. I'm sure he's probably not still with his wife. I'm sure he's not because uh, little peak folks. We our family had booked flights to Portugal because we go every so often to see family and stuff. Yeah. And we always booked through the same travel agent for like decades. Yeah. Uh, our family always used him. Um, he was a Portuguese uh, travel agent, yeah. which you know, in a, I, I in a Portuguese like, travel agency in a Portuguese neighborhood. Yeah. So all of the like Portuguese people, essentially in Queens, really went to him. So we knew a lot of people who were Portuguese that also went to him that had also gotten their money taken by him. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like this was the first time we were going to him. Like we'd been yeah. going to him for decades. Yes. Like, like literally since before me yeah. or Chris were probably, he must've been into something to just randomly decide he was going to steal people's money. He, he, he had, he had spent too much money on tote bags <laughs> and he had no way to recover them. His, uh, Travel agency was uh was in like girasol, which is like sunflower in Portuguese, yeah. and so he had these tote bags that I remember Grandma had forever. <laughs> That's right. She had this tote bag with a sunflower and like the company's name on it. I kind of wish that I had it, like I, that we still had it. That's around. right. It might company, be an attic. Promote the company that fucking ripped I our just, family. I off. just liked it, and it's fun. Like, oh, this guy stole our money. It's fun. Um, we got it back eventually. We did. Um, but like yeah, our grandma used to keep her. She used to do crochet, and she used to keep her crochet in the tote bag from that travel agency. That she did. We probably have a duffel somewhere in the ba- the attic. Probably because like, it was like every time you would book with him, he'd give you like yeah. something. You know, it's too many tote bags. And, until that one time, he didn't give you the ticket you bought. Yeah. That said, uh, that is the episode of Supreme Teenage Witch, Chris. And as you know, we often and almost pretty much you know every time here on the Witch Trials uh, have have some ending ceremonies to celebrate the end of every episode of the Witch Trials and and uh, look back on the episode as a whole. Chris, the first thing I want to do is is uh, get your favorite quote from Salem this episode. Uh, in this episode's installment of Salem says, if you like, I'll go first. Sure, go first for me. Salem has a couple of good lines in this episode, but my favorite is when Sabrina returns from the other room car dealership and he asks if she bought the Mack truck. He it suggested, because as he notes, 
Nothing commands respect like 18 wheels and girly mud flaps. For you, Chris, the what was it? The only thing I can think of is... Um, was it clogging? He doesn't say that. She does. You no, know, he says, please don't imply that I clog. Like, <laughs> That's good. Um, I was just thinking about... Um, when she's complaining about how awful Valerie is and he points out that she, like, Valerie wasn't the one who put him in the, uh, who locked glove, him in the glove, glove compartment. Yes. Refresh my memory. Was it Valerie who locked me in the glove compartment? <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of, honestly. Uh, but I like that he's just calling her out on her bullshit. Oh, yeah. And now which I love when people do that. Call people out on their bullshit? No, I love when people call Sabrina out on her ah, bullshit. Yeah. Which happens a, like a good amount in this episode. It's like on that. It's like in that episode of uh, Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. where um, I think it's the first time that CJ meets Luke, and then like when because Luke's an asshole to him the whole time. Yeah. And at the end, uh, Luke is like, "You know what? You're not as bad as a guy, uh, bad, as bad a guy as I thought you were." And he's just like, "You're a dick." And he walks away. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he kind of was being a dick. Yeah, it's a good call. It's Luke. True. A good call, uh, CJ. Uh, I was just trying to say that I assumed, because my sister has a history with guys, you know, that, you know, you were like the others. Well, you seem like a pretty good guy. Thanks. You're a dick. Yes, that's Salem says for this episode, but Chris, TGIF scale is how we rate episodes of The Witch Trials. Sorry, episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch around here. And uh, one to five scale. Each scale number has a corresponding TGIF show. Uh, for me, I will tell you, but this is not a great episode of Supreme Teenage Witch. I think it's not one of the worst and like, it, it really, it's just blah and sometimes kind of dumb. So it lands at a teen angel, a two out of five, but like not even a respectable teen angel, just like a, like a mediocre teen angel. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Yeah, like not a lot to take out of here. Like you might remember this episode because it's the one where she gets a talking car, but plot-wise, it is just barren. Speaking of barren, you could say it never moves out of first gear. Oh, that is good. Thank you. You might say it stalled. Mm, you might say someone cut the brake line. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, of course, the no. main event. Not at all. Oh, it's a. It's got a flat tire. That's pretty good. Okay. Some junk in the trunk. It, it fell flat. But that that just sounds like you dropped a cake. Yeah. It's not, a ri- not like a car. Um, you might say it really sucks. <laughs> Chris, main event here on the Witch Trials and moving right along, of course, is the Back of the Linen Closet Award, our episodic award for each installment's biggest fashion flop. For me, as you might expect, it's the one that I needled Hilda with, that, that ridiculous, rosy, uh, crushed velvet cardigan. I, I think it's a bad look. I think it's a bad cardigan. I do like the, the like, kind of mini skirt she's wearing with it, because I think Caroline Ray looks good in those, in these episodes of Super Demon Teenage Witch, but the cardigan alone is real, real bad, and um, that's where it's going for me. Right to the back of the linen closet. Chris... I think my choice is going to be, even if it's costumey, the suit that the Quizmaster wears, the, the RNG the first one. plaid brown yes. mess. It is the uglier of his two outfits. It's a lot. It is. It's a big, bold pattern. It's a big suit. I get but it's, it. It's like not in a, like, you can wear bold patterns and still be like, oh, like, that's a look, but like, I respect you for it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, 
No. I mean, I, I think what they're going for there is that, like... Yeah, that, like... Huckstery card Yeah, dealer. yeah, yeah. But, yep, whatever. Not robusto no. salesman. Very thin sauce. Not a thin suit. Big suit. Shit is huge. There you go, folks. That is the episode of Sabrina's Witch Trials entitled... My Nightmare of the Car. I want to thank Chris for stopping by on the Witch Trials and then talking some Sabrina with me, as always. Always good to have her here. Uh, check her stuff out over at Chris Conkers on Twitter and Instagram and ChrisConkers.com for all the things she's up to. All your keto plans, all your Monday motivations. Get it all there, especially on Instagram. Uh, follow the Witch Trials at Sabrina's Witch Trials on Instagram, at Sabrina Podcast on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials. You can listen to us everywhere, and you should be, uh, but you can subscribe to us just about everywhere also, and including on Spotify now. Check us out on Spotify. I don't know how to do like the the like sireny type thing, so I'm just going to sound like a member of uh, Four Seasons over here. Like, wow, wow. I don't think you know what musical groups are. That's not the uh, the Four Seasons. You mean the Four Tops? No, I don't believe the Four Seasons were a singing group, Chris. I think that's a hotel chain you're thinking of. Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. You're very right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's all getting cut out anyway. Wow. No, keep how accurate I am in here. No. Anyway, uh, the next episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch will be one that I haven't actually watched in a very long time, and I don't have super big memories of like i don't remember it poorly or positively um it is fear strikes up a conversation which is basically just sabrina facing her fears of public speaking and other things uh but we'll see what happens there it's written by a person whose name i don't recognize as like a prolific sabrina writer so i don't know if this was the only one that they wrote um one of two episodes uh so we'll talk about that next time on the witch trials But until then, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening, and we will see you in the other realm. You've made a wise decision. Nothing makes driving more enjoyable than a car.